Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. We've just watched another episode of that there Doctor Who on which this podcast is based. The Abominable Snowman, episode two, which was moving. <laughs> moving pictures. Yay, moving pictures. I did a calculation uh, the other day or earlier today as we record this, and I think we only have, excluding the animated uh, reconstructions, but including the actual proper um, telesnap reconstructions done by the BBC, we only have 20 episodes left that are fan recons. I mean, I know that that's not like the way that you're saying it is only 20, but 20 does still sound like a pretty high number. It's a lot. There's a whole story that is missing, which is Fury from the Deep. So there's six right there. And then four more for this episode where we're spoiled by this one episode. So there's 10. There's half right there. And then there's uh, the Space Pirates is missing five. So it's really, you know, a lot after this, most of the stories are, are mostly intact. How many, roughly, you don't have to do the actual math, and please don't tell me all of the stories. Uh, How many, (laughs) oh, he's so upset. Uh, How many um, episodes of Reconstructions have we already consumed? Like, and again, not a specific number, just, I mean, are we, is this less than half that we have left to go? Oh, less, definitely less than half. Um, I have I have ter- a terrible memory for numbers and stuff, so I have no idea how many recons we've already watched. Not a clue. Yeah, a lot of season three and season four are recons, um, but it's amazing. Se- season five is amazing when I think about it, just because we're looking at the DVD menu from the Lost in Time box set, the happily out of date one, because the second disc features the abominable snowmen, and at the time, the only surviving episodes of The Enemy in the World and Web of Fear. Of course, those last two have been more or less completed. Well. Is an enemy of the world episode three? No, that's web, web. That's right. It's web episode three that's missing. I forgot. Yeah, it's out there somewhere. Somebody walked off with it. But the abominable snowman was a like a find. I think in nineteen eighty seven, and so like there was a time when nothing existed of season five, mm-hmm. at all. And I think bits like I think it's the most. Um, uh, re-completed that's mm-hmm. a bad word but you know what i mean this most stuff has been found from from that particular season mm-hmm. yeah i've been i've been thinking about the missing episodes a little bit over the past couple days because as we record this and and if you're listening shortly after it drops uh, classic doctor who is streaming on twitch um which is a, a streaming service that had primarily been used by gamers but mm-hmm. uh, but they're doing they've done some other tv shows they're doing doctor who and it's super fun to watch the chat streams and see this all these people experiencing classic Doctor Who for the first time and just going nuts over the same stuff that other fans have gone nuts over and also new and different things. But like the Ian and Barbara shipping is just making me so happy, <laughs> so happy. And the Web of Fear was, no, Web of Fear, sorry. Uh, the Web Planet, I always do that, uh, was yesterday and people were going on and on about Zombo, <laughs> the Zarvi, yeah. which they could like, it just, it's become such a thing and it makes me really sad that now they're just getting to the point where there's a lot of missing stuff and Twitch isn't doing recons. So, uh, you know, these people are, are missing some of the great stuff that you and I have been able to experience together because they're, you know, they're, they're only doing the intact and, you know, more or less complete stuff. So, so I just, I, I'm, I'm excited to see these people experiencing it for the first time. And I'm sad that, you know, 
the first doctor is just going to disappear. Vicky's just going to disappear. Ben and Polly are going to show up and then like very briefly, like they are not going to get to experience the glory that is Polly coming up with plans week after week after week. Yeah. That's sad. They're going to get more Dodo than they are Ben and Polly. No. I mean, no offense. Well, whatever. Just no. <laughs> but Dodo will be more. Ben and Polly are tragically underrepresented in the in the BBC archives in complete episodes. Yeah. 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 It's so sad, yeah. but uh, but anyway, um, yeah. to talk about the actual uh, episode we I, watched. I thought you were going to refer to uh, <laughs> plug uh, the Radio Free Scar episode coming out on Sunday about oh, right. me talking to Paul Vanessis about mm-hmm. missing episodes, about which some interesting things are said. Mm-hmm. Teaser. I just I didn't know if you wanted to 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 mention that or not. I guess that was a silly thing of me. I did think of it, but yes. So everybody should don't listen. listen. Don't listen to my other podcast. <laughs> Stay away. Uh, I guess I forgot it was already next um, next next day. Yeah. That would be tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, everybody listen to Radio Free Scarrow. It drops at noon mountain time on the internets everywhere. Mountain time. <laughs> it's familiar to us, but no one else nope. knows about mm-hmm. mountain time because they're all from the east or the west coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except for the cool people who yeah. live in mountain time. Yep. Speaking of mountain time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well played. Slow clap. Welsh mountains. We have better mountains than Wales. No offense, Wales. Uh, uh, I don't know. I've never been to Wales, but I feel like maybe... The yes, we've w- been to Wales. Uh, not to the Welsh mountains. Oh, okay. That's what I meant. Yeah, of course, we've been to Wales. But oh. uh, um, I don't know. I feel like maybe I would appreciate the beauty of those mountains better than the Rockies. The Rockies are harsh and scary. Oh. Yeah. They're, they're beautiful in their own way, but it's not a way that connects with my heart. So I'm not going to say that the Rockies are better than the Welsh mountains. I want. I th- I bet you the um, Rockies, the Canadian Rockies, are probably closer to the Himalayas mm. or the Himalayas than they are the hills ish in in Wales, though, because they're newer. Mm-hmm. Yep, I bet you're right. Geologically mm-hmm. speaking, that is yeah. that is probably the case. So they should have filmed it here. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Doctor Who? <laughs> Jeez. Sure, you can you can send your new royal couple to Alberta to vacation secretly uh but you won't go and shoot doctor who sad there's been uh, a long history just be- before we talk about this there's been a long history of uh of royal family uh visiting the mountains in canada be it whistler be it um banff and stuff like that like uh i want to say charles and diana mm-hmm. used to come here a lot or in whistler certainly and after Diana died. Um, Charles took the boys there to go skiing. There's a big skiing vacation um, not long, actually, after she died, I think. Anyway, there's, there's been a history of skiing and mountain resorts and the royal family in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. Yeah, I w- somebody at work was telling me about one time uh, somebody came and stayed at this cabin that, like, normally you have to, like, ski out to or something, and I think they helicoptered out or whatever, but it was such a remote cabin that they actually brought in their own toilets and plumbing and stuff because it's, a, it's a, like, a, a, a location that doesn't actually normally have running water. Wow. And, like, yeah, so we we Albertans, um, you know, good tax-paying Albertans mm-hmm. pay, pay, for the, uh, pay for the comfort of... Of royalty in our mountains. In our mountains, which are similar to the Himalayas, like in <laughs> the Abominable Snowman episode two. Bringing it back around again. <laughs> two, two things. I want to mention this before before we get on to the actual episode, because I hadn't watched this in a while. And I don't know if you noticed it all, but um, some of the film sequences looked really good, like film-wise. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that at all? 
Um, no, actually, I had noticed the video sequences and thought that they looked nice. Oh. Hmm, weird. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I forgot that uh, I think a reel of location footage exists, like the original actual wow. raw footage. Um, not all the scenes, like the Yeti scenes, them like sort of cavorting before one of them gets sent down at the end of the episode. That doesn't exist, but the what, stuff with Jamie and Victoria running around, oh, yeah. that does. So they, they were able to take that original footage and put it in here and match it with the audio of the actual broadcast episodes. And and it looked really good. I, I forgot that they did that. Uh, the second thing that I wanted to point out because I knew it was in this episode, and I don't know if you noticed it. It was the very beginning of the scene uh, towards the end of the episode where the doctor is uh, uh, um, uh, examining the Yeti, and sh- and he says something about uh, your something, something Victoria. At the very beginning of the scene, he says something. Did you notice anything off about that at all? Wait, where again? Very, very, the penultimate scene of the episode, it sort of starts out as a close-up of the Yeti and then pulls out and the doctor's saying something to Victoria. Yeah, I totally noticed that, yep. Yeah, what'd you notice? Just that it looked like, it sounded like somebody was saying something at the same time as the doctor, like somebody was saying a different line or something and and I I was just like, wow, that was a weird miscue that they, uh, somebody stepped on somebody else's line, but then the person whose line got stepped on never actually repeated their line or said anything. So it was, it was just confusing. I wasn't sure what it was. Well, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. uh, it, it wasn't a, a miscue. It was a miscue in a way. Mm-hmm. The, um, there was an audio glitch on not just the, I, I think it was an audio glitch in the actual original master. Whoa. So that that part of the scene was actually silent. Uh, on the master tape and thus on broadcast. So even the Graham Strong recording it at home was silent on his tape too because it was actually a problem on the master tape and a problem on transmission. So Mark Ayers went through many different Patrick Troughton episodes Mm. and snipped bits of him saying those syllables and patched it together into some semblance of completion to, to have audio for that scene. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. It would like it, it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I just was like, okay, there's there's the doctor saying something, ish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what the question was, but I think it's like spliced for like four or five different um, oh, okay. different things. So uh, when you take that into account, mm-hmm. you know, we would have had literally nothing before. So it's better than nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. Technical foofara concluded. What did you think of this episode here? Something funky is going on. I did not know. Like, I don't really know much about this story. Mm-hmm. I had heard the name Padma Samvavar before. Right. And I, I just like the way that that sounds. It's fun to say. Me too. Um, but I didn't know. First of all, I didn't even realize that there was an abbot until we got to this episode. And they're like, we should be talking to the abbot. And the guy was like, do I have to consult the abbot before I make any decisions? And I just said, yes. <laughs> like, isn't that, <laughs> isn't that kind of his job to make, uh, to be in charge, mm-hmm. like, usually an abbot in a monastery? Um, And... Yeah, this disembodied voice. I mean, having seen later uh, Great Intelligence stories, I probably shouldn't have been as shocked and surprised as I was. But right. I was kind of like, oh, what is happening? So it's exciting. Well, at the time, I mean, no one knew about the Great Intelligence. Right. Yeah. right. I'm just saying for, for me, I'm, yeah. I am just a, a little bit dumb, I guess. But <laughs> but no, it was. Um, it's neat to see sort of a 
like a left turn of the plot. Like it's eh, not left turn, but it's just it's thickening. It is development. Yeah, it's opened up into another type of thing. Um, But the thing that gets me the most that makes me giggle every time is when we see those metal silver sphere things, Mm -hmm. because now I live in Edmonton. And for those of you who don't live in Edmonton, I would like to tell you about a piece of sculpture in quotes sculpture um, yeah. it's an in, an art installation mm-hmm. that we have in town um, it's right along one of the one of the freeways that, that kind of goes around the city and it is a giant pile of metal silver spheres yep. uh, they're different sizes so it's not like this like, like the the uniform pyramid there in the middle but it is so similar and this is not news to any Doctor Who fans who already live in Edmonton and, and know this but but for the rest of you it just every time that made me giggle because it's a it's a bit of a controversial art installation in Edmonton. There are people who are very unhappy with the amount of tax dollars spent on it, and there are people who think it's cool, and there are people who think it's cool, but it's in a really stupid place because it's hard to get to and it's right on a freeway. So anyway, uh, every time we see one of those, I giggle because I think of that. Yeah, I've gone bike riding up to there and taken my pictures mm-hmm. uh, right next to it mm-hmm. and commented and tweeted, hey, look at this. It's a big Yeti <laughs> um, headquarters or something like that. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the size of the Yeti that would have to exist to house the largest of those balls from that art installation? Wow. Scary. Giant. Well, they're not that big. You think they are big. The, the smallest one probably is about the size of, of the sphere in here. Uh, so the biggest would be... Actually, they are pretty big. Now yeah. that I think about it, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then you know, when you think about how like ac- the the size of the Yeti has to sort of like grow exponentially to to contain the, the more three-dimensional size of it. Yeah. So giant Yeti attacking Edmonton. Get to it, fanfic writers. That would be awesome and terrifying at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I, I, ride, I ride my bike up there um, to, to the Talus Balls. Of the, I don't know why they're called Talus, T-A-L-U-S. Huh. I keep thinking they're called Talus as in like the phone company here <laughs> that sponsored this uh, this art no. installation, but no, that's not the case. Maybe maybe Talus was the name of the, uh, the artist who put together that no, installation. It's all caps. Oh. I think. I think? I think it is. So I don't know what it stands for. I'll tell you this much. In, in the summer and when it's a sunny day, mm-hmm. those things are hot. You could fry an egg on those things because they're metal. Yeah, they're very hot. I bet the ones in this story are not because it's probably pretty cold in the Himalayas. Yeah. Although maybe it's toasty warm inside a Yeti. We don't, we don't actually know. We've only just discovered that they are robots and that they used to house something. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that those little metal balls move on their own and make beeping sounds, not entirely unlike the sounds of the Zarbi that we mentioned earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pray for Zombo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. That's right. At the end of the episode, they sort of like, oh, hey, let's let's hook up. Like it's mm-hmm. one, there's one in the, which I think presumably fell out of the, uh, the is second. That, yeah. Is that what's happening? Because it looked like, just the way it was framed, they're both moving to the left of this, the frame. So it doesn't look like they're trying to get together from this angle. Well, uh, well, I made, maybe the one outside is sort of like starting to like, oh, let's do a little bit of a U-turn and go inside or something. Boilers. I'm guessing. Oh, I'm purely okay. guessing. I, I don't remember the next. I don't know where it's moving because the next episode isn't moving <laughs> picture wise. So it's a complete guess for me. Fair. That's yeah. fair. But yeah, that 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 was interesting because I had not remembered or realized that that was a thing that they had the capability to do. I mean, I kind of knew that the Yeti were not not actual Yeti, that they, but I had kind of forgotten that they were robots because it's been a long time since I've seen The Web of Fear, which mm-hmm. is my only Yeti 
exposure so far. Yeah, me too. I've only seen it like two or three times. That's sad. You think I would have devoured that? Only. Well, it's been like five years since we've had that back. Um, you know, I think we should... It's like, oh, we demand more episodes coming back. Here, here they are. We found some for you. That's fine. We want more. <laughs> we just want to add stuff to our DVD shell sometimes as opposed to actually watch them, it seems. I suppose I've seen them enough. Well, not enough, but a no. lot. Well, we'll get there soon-ish. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, in, a, in a few episodes. I'm not going to say how many days because we're busy doing podcasts these days. Secret podcast projects that aren't going to be announced yet. That's true. Since we post this right away, I will not... I'll just say hashtag teaser. Erica started another podcast. Yeah. But it will be on The Incomparable Network, found at theincomparable.com. There we are. And then and then there's another thing that we're probably doing, which is uh, um, sometime today, which is another thing for mm-hmm. podcast, but, but we don't know enough about that to say anything <laughs> and then there's other st- so it's been it's been a crazy kind of podcast weird day yours is sort of time sensitive in a way mm-hmm. so we've had to sort of like power through that i'm not involved in that in on, on the podcast but um mm-hmm. so that's why it's kind of taken up some of our our doctor who time a little bit mm-hmm. all right so let's stop talking around stuff and talk about vicky I mean, yeah Vic- victoria Sorry. victoria i was watching vicky uh yesterday on on Twitch, so yeah, I got yeah. mixed up. It was the better Susan, apparently, according to one person on Twitch. Not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Caroline Ford. No, I mean, I, I like Susan. I like Susan mm-hmm. quite a bit, uh, but I friggin' love Vicky, so there you go. Yeah, what about Victoria, though? Victoria, okay, so I had not seen a ton of Victoria stories coming into this and received fan wisdom. Boo! Told me that she was a screamer and a crier and um, a scaredy cat and that she left the TARDIS because she just didn't want to travel with a doctor. Okay, I feel like those things don't all, they're not all mutually exclusive. Like mm-hmm. the, the, her reasons for leaving, which we haven't got to yet, I'm, I'm interested to, to dig back into. But when we get there, but here and what we've seen so far, yeah, she gets scared sometimes and yeah, she screams sometimes, but that's not something that I would say is a defining characteristic of her personality. We talked last time about how she was all gung-ho to go and investigate this cave um, when she thought it was a bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we get them, uh, they're, so they're running down the hill away from the Yeti that had extricated itself from a bunch of concrete blocks. It was so strong, it moved those concrete <laughs> blocks like they were styrofoam. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so here's Jamie like going, no, the TARDIS is that way. And Victoria is the one that's saying, yeah, but we need to warn the doctor. If she was really this complete scaredy cat, she would run immediately for the TARDIS and just hide out and hunger down. But mm-hmm. no, she's thinking. She's smart. She's she's not being motivated by her fear. She's thinking ahead to the fact that like, okay, yeah, the TARDIS is over here and that would be safe, but what are we going to do in the TARDIS if the doctor gets killed by the Yeti? And there's also probably a good portion of her that just really cares about the doctor and mm-hmm. fears for his safety so you know it's not all self-interest so yeah so she's like no no, no we got to warn the doctor we're going this way and jamie wisely follows along because that is the smart thing to do in that in that situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah she's a lot stronger companion than people remember she totally is i just am I'm, I'm really enjoying I really wish that the next episodes were moving because her performance is also has also been very strong and I like it and it's I think it's important to to show that you can be scared and 
also be strong at the same time. I mean, that's, you know, that's what being brave really is. Mm-hmm. You know, being brave isn't the absence of fear. It's it's working through the fear and past the fear and beyond it. And that's what she does because she's still scared when um, her her dad, uh, Tra- Travers? Not her dad, but her dad in real life. That's what I mean, her yeah. dad in real life. Uh, what's his name again? Travers, you're right. Yep. Okay. So Travers finds the two of them wandering around and he says, I want to see where this cave is. Her immediate answer, of course, is no, I don't want to go back there because terrifying and also actually you know from a survival standpoint it's smart to not want to go back there mm-hmm. um so so it's not like she's silly um like over the top brave she's like it's, it's just a really good balanced character i think yeah i think so too and it's been fun to see uh her in action again um because obviously she was kind of the forgotten guy i mentioned about how there's more dodo than there has been in Polly, where there's there was hardly any victoria um and certainly no complete stories at the time either if you were watching it on Twitch or on TV as you were. So like she's like the lost companion. So it's kind of neat to, to be able to to see her in action, so to speak. And I like her outfit, damn it. She's got a nice mountaineering outfit that apparently uh, Deborah Watling handing, but I like it. Mm. No, I was I was noticing that, and I like you know she's wearing trousers, mm-hmm. which is probably a thing that would not have been allowed by her her father, um, you know, back in whatever year she came from. So eighteen sixty six or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And she seems to have taken to it just fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize she hated that outfit though. I seem to recall her saying that somewhere, but I don't know why. Perhaps because she liked the flowing gowns or stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or maybe it was uncomfortable. Like it could have been scratchy material. And it, the the boots, you know, the mountaineering boots probably are not the easiest thing to, to clomp around in. But, you know, they are on a mountain. So makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Anything uh, else about this here episode? I liked the doctor sweet talking Tom- Tomney. Tomney. Yeah. That was... That was uh, an excellent piece of doctoring, mm-hmm. I thought. You know, just very calmly explaining thing and a- appealing to his uh, to his ego a little bit. You seem like a sensible fellow or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, that was that was just a nice little exchange. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, asking him his name. Yes, I loved that. Uh, that doesn't happen enough in actiony tv shows and stuff i find um and also like i play dungeons and dragons on a regular basis quite often we will have entire conversations with characters and just not even think to ask what their names are um so it just it makes me happy when when somebody that's that's starting off that's that's a great way to get into the conversation to show that you care enough to ask what the other person's name is and and the doctor i think succeeds in part because he does that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he does He's a good guy. He spent most of the episode tied up in front of doors and like in, uh, but now it looks like he's, um, he's been freed and, and now I'll take a more active role in the story because up until now he's been a, pr- a prisoner basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He, he's been doing a good job at the sort of put upon, you know, the looks on his face and stuff. He's <laughs> sitting there playing his recorder. Mm-hmm. Was it twinkle, Twinkle Little Star or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's I can play one song on the recorder. That's not it. I was kind of wishing he was playing Mary Had a Little Lamb because then I could be like, it's not too far off. But uh, I uh, then I could say I can play the same song on the recorder right. as the doctor. But oh, well, I was trying to like imagine what the finger. Um, but I have no math. That was like 35 years ago. Last time I played a recorder in wow. school. I think I still have my recorder, though. Oh, if you got it out, I bet you anything I could play Mary Had a Little Lamb because I did it so many times. I, I memorized it. Yeah. 
Wow. What a shame I can't find it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, my grandma, um, who was an elementary school music teacher, taught taught me how to play it. She said if I learned how to play it, she would give me a recorder. And she did. So, I, yeah. What? Well, what recorder did you play it on then? One that she had, and she was going to give oh, okay. it to me. To t- oh, wow. Okay, I was just like, how, how are you, Grandma? <laughs> Come on. How am I supposed to get a recorder if I need a recorder to play this thing in order to get a recorder? Uh, very funny. Okay. Well, LOL. On that note, anything else? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Okay. Well, then, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>